The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Hey, it's Brandon. We made it, everyone. We made it to the end. Theaters are opening back up. We can go see Tenant and uh, New Mutants. Yeah, it's all over. We did it, everybody. COVID has been conquered. Wait, no. Uh, I mean, we made it to the end of uh, the no-code season. That's, uh, yeah, that's what I meant. Because uh, at least at least you uh, international uh, listeners, you probably have it a whole lot better than we do here in America. <laughs> yeah, so you can do things safely. And we, of course, are uh, have our heads stuck in our up our own asses. One of the reasons that I had people say something that they think other people should do to try to spread kindness to other people is because we're in a society. We are all living together as one sort of entity that are reliant on each other. We're a huge organism that lives on the surface of the earth. One of the ways that we can look out for each other is to make sure that you're registered to vote in the upcoming election. Go to vote.org. Make sure you're registered uh, if you're able to protect yourself and sign up for an absentee ballot or a mail-in ballot. If you can, if you're able, if you if you think that it's safe, um, try to see about volunteering to work the election so that uh, there's people there that can actually do the work for the people who aren't going to be able to uh, do this by mail. And especially since it's mostly older people, uh, people who are in the demographic to where COVID could be a death sentence for them, uh, they're, they're probably not going to chance working the election since they, you know, that demographic normally does. You're younger and you feel up to it, you know, try contacting your registrar of voters and seeing what you can do to, to help out with that. But enough about that. Let's uh, talk some Pearl Jam, right? That's what we're all here for. It's time for Pumpkin Spice Lattes. I mean, the Better Band Podcast. So we've gone through No Code, 16 songs covered this season. This is the shortest season I've done so far and will probably be the shortest one that I have planned, mostly due to all of the B-sides pretty much uh, being on Lost Dogs. So I'm holding them over until I cover Lost Dogs in two years, I guess. And I couldn't have done those episodes without the help of these fine guests. So, thank you to Randy Sobel and John Farrar from the Live on Four Legs podcast, Joel Bacher, Dave Chinaki, Sean Rashkiss, Andrew Plath, Bob Remington, Kevin Lassard, Patrick Bogle, Harry Geyer, Thomas Gregory, Deborah McMurtry, Bradley Pisecki, and Brad Lyons from the Single Podcast Theory Podcast. And thanks to everyone who subscribed and listened, especially those subscribers who have left me reviews on iTunes. Hell yeah! And we got one new one from a, a user called The Bob Remington. I have no idea who that could be. Uh, his review, five-star review, says, with a different guest discussing a different song each week, it's a great listen to see what will happen next. 
That's right, because we talk about all sorts of weird different things. And of course, you can get in on that if you have any thoughts about Pearl Jam songs by writing me letters, just like the one I got from Chris Thomas. The letter he wrote to me goes, Hi, Brandon. I just listened to your intermission episode from season four. A lot of what you said is what I needed to hear right now. Racial discrimination has been an issue that has bothered me for as long as I realized it existed. One thing you mentioned was the fact that the individuals who don't want to believe in white privilege, I refuse to put those in quotes anymore because it insinuates it's not real, want to see those fighting wear themselves out. This week has been difficult because I have felt burnt out. I hadn't engaged with the people who are in denial of white privilege until Monday of this week. The main reason why I want to do the episode on grievance is how I feel the lyric, especially the chorus, strikes a nerve with the peaceful protesting of Colin Kaepernick. I have a subscription to The Athletic and read a story titled Roger Godell and the Players Have Spoken, now an actual plan for what comes next. Normally I don't engage on the discussion boards, especially when it comes to a polarizing topic like this. I always tell myself it's not worth arguing or trying to reason with many individuals who want to try to blow up the narrative of the story written. The most frequent comment made was that they will cancel their subscription to The Athletic. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's a revenue that is purely reliant on subscriptions, and they do not place ads on their platform because they don't want political issues written about in a sports website. A lot of slander was given to Colin Kaepernick about how shitty of a quarterback he was, slash is, and that he doesn't give a shit about the NFL and is all about himself. The response I regret giving the most was telling those opposing the existence of white privilege that I don't care if they were on board or not. That's bullshit. I care a lot of those who can't see this as an issue of humanity rather than about disrespecting the flag, main reason I want to talk about grievance, and claiming the black community for not taking accountability. I think he means blaming there. That's a little insert for me. I responded to dozens of comments and kept getting mentioned that I was making an argument without any facts. It's pathetic to me that you need facts to see white privilege. And facts does have quotations around that. I wasted more than half a day at work and most of my evening on Monday going back and forth. That experience took a lot out of me, but now I see the importance of calling out those, especially white men, who cannot accept the movement of Black Lives Matter. Looking forward to talking about grievance? I'm sure I will have a lot to say for that episode. I pledge my grievance to the flag, Chris. Yeah, especially with the most recent police shootings of uh, unarmed black men and murders that have happened at protests. It's really easy to get discouraged and to, um, I don't know, think what's the use or think what right do I have to to enjoy enjoy my life, I guess. And think about all the other people out there who are in pain and being oppressed. You still got Flint, Michigan without clean water. You still got kids in fucking cages on the border. You might think, oh man, what what right, I guess, do I have to to listen to Pearl Jam in the podcast or whatever and try to, I don't know, forget about all this stuff that's going on in the world? And maybe it's not, you know, forgetting. It's, like I said, trying to, to recharge because all of this stuff weighs down on you and you need to lighten and lighten yourself a little bit so that you don't get weighed down under the water. You got to kind of relax and float on it so that you don't get dragged under, you don't drown. And white supremacy and white privilege is, you know, a cornerstone 
of this country. It's baked into the fabric of its existence. And that's not to throw shade or call all white people racist or anything like that. It's just the way that it is an unseen underlying column in the foundation that's, you know, under the surface. You know, not quite as innocuous as uh, as your appendix or something like that, which sometimes freaks out and gets infected and, you know, threatens to to possibly kill you or anything like that. More like the the lungs that are, you know, constantly being bombarded with tobacco and more than likely develop cancer over time. And you have some doctors telling you, hey, you know, smoking is good for you and everything. It's uh, it's what we do. Everybody does it. We've done it for so long, you know, restaurants, airplanes, all that stuff. The cool kids outside the, uh, right outside the, the walls in high school are doing it, you know. Everybody's on TV doing it. But we've seen time and time again, you know, it's killing us. And while, you know, may feel good, you may like it, it's really fucking expensive, you know. The costs keep rising and, you know, health costs the the toll that it takes. And so, you know, some people are saying, oh, what, what am I supposed to do? Take my lungs out so I don't get a lung cancer? It's like, no, 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 no. Nobody's saying that. Are you saying I'm stupid because I smoke? Uh, you know, it's my choice. It's my right. Uh. And I don't know. Maybe it's a bad analogy because you need lungs because that's how, you know, we're built. Then again, maybe it's not because that's the way this country was built. So until we evolve or... uh some mad scientists create robo lungs. You know, we gotta we gotta stay away from the cancer sticks. And keep wearing our masks. Hey. Anyway, back to Pearl Jam, as if I ever went there to begin with. It was actually a stingray that stung Eddie's foot or something. I can't remember if it actually was his foot or not. That that picture is of not a jellyfish for all those people who were screaming into your uh, phones or podcast devices. I figured it out. Anyway, my original ranking for No Code is my third favorite album as a 3.8 out of 5 stars on iTunes. And after listening to it and talking to everybody, reevaluating it, it is now 4.1. So that means in my revised Rankings, it is tied for second place with 10. However, 10 only had four songs that I gave it five stars to, and No Code has five songs to have five stars. So that is what breaks the tie there. So does my real second favorite album. So as of now, it goes Versus, No Code, 10, and Vitology is at the bottom. <laughs> Of course, this album is a real demarcation of where people started to fall off who, you know, didn't listen to Pearl Jam past those first couple albums and the rest of their career who, you know, this album sort of is the one that people really got into. They're like, oh, yeah, this is like Pearl Jam really being themselves, being free, doing what they want to do. It could be the adaptation of the band to their new drummer, Jack Irons, who has a decidedly different take than Dave Abruzzi's. Abruzzizzi, I believe if it's uh, Italian or something, uh, the way their albums and the band sounded early off in their career touring around 10 and Versus. 
Another difference that might need to be noted as well is the songwriting at the time shifted away from the band writing more stuff being and then going into more uh, Eddie Vedder, more solely written stuff. Uh, no Code, he has sole writing credit for five songs, and there are two other songs that he has co-songwriting uh, credit on uh, In My Tree and also I'm Open. So that makes a total of a seven out of the 13 no-code songs that Eddie has a hand in writing. Going back one album to Vitology, he wrote six of the 14 songs versus two of the 12, 10, one of the 11. So maybe what people like, albums that aren't mainly songs that Eddie wrote the music to. Just something to throw out there, think about. Especially when you consider Yield, the next album cutting coming up, is another album where Eddie didn't have the majority of the songwriting contributions to. Yield also being an album that a lot of critics and everybody hailed as a return to form after No Code. However, No Code really doesn't sound that different, I think, than a standard Pearl Jam album. I mean, people always say that it's the experimental one, but really the one song that sounds different and not really like Pearl Jam is I'm Open. Even when you think about the first single, Who You Are, that song is a lot of drums and stuff, kind of a little Eastern tinged or whatever, but I mean, WMA is also a lot of drums, right? And nobody really holds that up as, oh, this is a real outlier in the uh, in the Pearl Jam catalog, you know, Versus is a weird album, but it also introduces the epic, dynamic side of Pearl Jam, where it comes along later in... I believe, given to fly amongst the waves and inside job, let's say. Those seeds being planted from the songs present tense and in my tree. So I really contend, I guess, since this is a My Pearl Jam podcast and I got to come up with hot takes or something, some kind of content, right? That No Code is just another Pearl Jam album. It's not really as out there or experimental as it seemed at the time. Especially coming from Vitology that has Stupid Mop and a fucking accordion on it, you know? Yeah, Vitology is the one that people hold up as being an exemplary example of classic Pearl Jam. Mostly, I believe, because of the, you know, classic, iconic songs like Not For You, Corduroy, and Better Man. Those also being three Eddie songs. Eddie songs being the ones that somehow get more of, well, I wouldn't say somehow because, I mean, if he's the lead singer, he can push his own songs, I believe, a little bit easier than whole band. Somebody else at the band saying, oh, hey, let's put my song out as a single. And it's like, meh, yeah, no, let's do my song. So does that mean the songs that he writes are a little bit more pop-oriented, a little bit more wider in their appeal? As opposed to some of the other songs from Ten and Verses, those singles being written by other people in the band. Earlier I mentioned that there are five songs that I gave five stars to. Uh, those songs being sometimes Hail Hail, In My Tree, Lucan, and Present Tense. Uh, the lowest rating that I gave any song on this album was three stars, uh, which I gave to Who You Are, Off He Goes, Mankind, and I'm Open. So three stars isn't meh, it's a kind of bad song. It's like, yeah, very okay, yeah, this is okay, this is good. Could be better, I guess. Of course, the remaining songs then get uh, four stars. 
your smile habit, Red Mosquito, and around the bend. So, what do you think? How does this album read for you, the listener, the people I'm talking to right now? You can send me an email, as always, to betterbandpod at gmail.com. You can leave me a review on iTunes. You can bug me on Twitter at betterbandpod. Check out photos at betterbandpod on Instagram. Go to Facebook, even though I don't really like it, but uh, try to spend as least amount of time as I can on there. Most times is, you know, just looking through and trying to figure out who my old friends and family are uh, racist so that I can, you know, unfriend them, screw unfollowing or whatever, just go ahead and unfriend. Why not? And, uh... And, of course, I'll mention the Kofi, K-O-F-I slash Brandon P, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P, a place where if you send me money, I will give it to the Northern Nevada Food Bank. And doing that uh, ensures that you'll get uh, bonus episodes when I get around to editing them. Or you can donate to your own local food bank or hell, any charity and, you know, take a screenshot or whatever, black out the information that will allow me to steal your identity. And uh, you send me that, I will keep you in the loop for those bonus episodes as well. Of course, I'm always looking for new guests as well. So if you have been listening to this and you think that uh, you can do a better job than me. No, you don't even have to think you can do a better job. If you're just passionate about a song and really want to talk about one, you know, sign up. When I'm taking signups, I'm just filling in the final guests for Binaural. I have most of Yield done already. I might need a guest to talk about Wishlist. So betterbandpod at gmail.com if uh, you're interested or would like uh, the sign-up form for Binaural. See what's left on there. And, you know, thank you again for listening, for sharing social media posts, for just trying to be better people, which I hope everybody tries to do every single day, because, I mean, who wants to get worse as a human being, right? So, for all my past guests and myself, I am Brandon Palomo, as always, saying... Hello, I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such films as The Boat Jacking of Supership 79 and Hydro, the man with the hydraulic arms.
I got communion, I got virgins, I got seven. 